on this edition of the Iowa Business Report. You know, like anything, social media can be very positive. It can be encouraging. It can even save lives if used the right way. The way that Iowans use social media is a bit different from those in other areas of the country. Midwest economic growth is still expected, but as always, there are a few concerns. And in our business profile, we'll revisit a Mahaska County winery and its extensive line of products. This is the Iowa Business Report for Labor Day weekend 2021. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com. Here is Jeff Stein. Earlier this year, during one of our business profile segments, we introduced you to the Iowa-based company Blue Compass, which focuses on digital marketing and related aspects for business. They've just released a new study focusing on social media use among Iowans, and the results are interesting. Drew Harden is president of Blue Compass. At Blue Compass, we're a digital marketing agency, and we have clients all over the country, but a lot of our clients are here in the Midwest and here in Iowa, and so their target audiences are here in Iowa as well in many cases. And so for us to do our best work, it's really beneficial for us to know exactly how Iowans are spending their time online and what their social media habits are. So this is a study we started doing a few years ago, and basically we survey hundreds of Iowans about their social media habits. And once we can understand better, you know, how are Iowans using social media? What platforms are they spending the most time on? What platforms are they most likely to respond to ads on? What platforms are they moving away from? That sort of thing really helps us better serve our clients. And it's also really handy, I think, just for businesses and organizations here in Iowa to be able to know so that they can better connect with their audience. We have a fundamental flaw in our analysis, don't we, where we try to collect followers. Well, we don't know anything about the followers. We're not really measuring it against anything else. And we don't know if we're reaching out to the right group. So I might put an emphasis, let's say, on Instagram, but that may not be where my target audience is. Is that too much of an overstatement of what people often do wrong in this effort to, quote, be on social media? Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that, Jeff. And it's true, especially when social media first came out, I mean, years ago, people were very obsessed with followers. And it just feels good to have a lot of followers. It feels good to look at your profile and say, you know, look at all the followers I have. But as time has gone on, we've really discovered that followers is more or less a vanity metric. It's good to have followers. It's good to have more followers. But we always ask organizations, what would really push the needle for you? What's really the most important thing that you want your audience to do when they get to your social media or your website? And it might not just be follow you. It's probably something a little deeper than that, like reach out to you or connect with you or purchase from you or something like that. And so how can we get them to that point? And beyond that, social platforms over the years have really become pay to play. If you have a thousand followers and you make a post on just about any social media platform, only a small fraction of your followers will even see that unless you pay for more to see that. And so followers alone are certainly not the end-all be-all metric that you should be looking at. Do Iowans on the whole mirror the rest of the country with regard to their favorite platforms or the ones with which they engage the most? 
That's very interesting. We've been following this again for a few years. And one of the things we see Iowans do is favor Facebook much more than the national average. And that's been really consistent. However, this is the first year that we're starting to see that slide a little bit. Two years ago, 82% of Iowans age 18 to 44 used Facebook. And today, that's dropped to 74%. And so this is the first time we're seeing Iowans start to move away from Facebook a little bit, which is interesting because, again, Iowans have always used Facebook more than the national average. And that 74% is more than the national average still, but we're really starting to see Iowans start to slide away from that. So where are they going? I presume the proliferation of other choices has, in part, led to that reduction because there's still only 24 hours in a day, even though there's an innumerable amount of social media platforms out there. Absolutely. That's certainly one of the reasons. There's a lot more platforms out there now. Instagram has seen a lot of growth in Iowa. I think that's one of them. Again, two years ago, 44% of Iowans were on Instagram, and today, 70%. Or on Instagram. That's just two years. That's a pretty significant shift. TikTok wasn't even on the charts a couple of years ago, and now a lot of Iowans are on TikTok. So more platforms keep popping up, and that's one of the reasons that Iowans are shifting away from Facebook a bit. And I think another reason is because a lot of younger people just consider Facebook to be for older people, and it's not quite as cool as it used to be. And so we see that Iowans ages 18 to 24 use Facebook much less than the rest of Iowans. So this is really the same situation as when you go to a business and say, all right, who's your clientele? Who are you trying to reach? Because to your point, and I'm simplistically stating all of this, if I said my audience was 18 to 24, you would direct me to something like Instagram or TikTok or one of those as opposed to putting a lot of time in Facebook. But if I'm looking at those, say, 30 to 45, well, Facebook is still a pretty good investment. Yeah, that's correct. That's very likely. Of course, it depends on the industry and a few more details of the demographics. Sure. But yeah, in general, if you're looking to reach 18 to 24-year-old Iowans, you know, that Gen Z, it seems like Instagram is a pretty safe bet right now. What else is sort of really tapered off? Obviously, Iowans, as you said, in this age cohort, they use Facebook more than the national average, but it's reduced from the last time you checked. Are there certain platforms that are just simply flat out falling out of favor? We're noticing that Pinterest is decreasing a bit as well. And that used to be a bigger one. And right now, just 19% of Iowans, 18 to 44, use Pinterest. So that's decreased over the years. And one thing that's interesting is there's a social platform slash instant messaging platform called Telegram that maybe you've never heard of. I mean, it doesn't get a lot of press, but... 25%, so a quarter of Iowans, 18 to 44, are on Telegram. So that's even more than Pinterest, even though Pinterest has so much more name recognition. So there continue to be more of these platforms popping up that um, are a little out of the ordinary and that don't get a lot of name recognition that are taking some audience perhaps away from some of the more mainstream platforms we're used to seeing. I made an assumption a while ago, and it may not be with merit, so I want to distinguish. I suggested Facebook decline because something else may have increased. Are there folks who, as we rail against, quote, big tech, are there folks that are just simply cutting the cord, dropping out, deleting the accounts, and just 
going without it? Or do you believe people are, if they're perhaps disenfranchised with Facebook or Twitter, for whatever reason, political reasons, whatever, do you find that they are finding something else or that they're just saying, I used to have a lot more free time before I engaged in all this and I'd like to have some of that back? (laughs) Right. Great question. We are seeing some people move to different platforms, but we are not seeing Iowans leave social media. So there's been a lot of buzz, like you said, especially just with everything that went on in 2020 about people just wanting to turn off social media. There's so much negativity there. A lot of complaints about censorship from big tech, censoring posts and dictating what people can and can't post. For those reasons, again, yeah, we're seeing some movement to other platforms and Telegram is one of those. Telegram is known as a platform that you can post pretty freely on. And so I think that's certainly part of the reason as well that people have left Facebook. But again, we're not seeing Iowans social media usage decrease. We're just seeing it shift a bit. Was there one or two things that just jumped out that surprised even you with this long experience in the field? I think this year, one of the things that did surprise me a little bit, and, and you know maybe I anticipated a bit, was, again, just this shift away to other platforms that are a little lesser known. I think another example of that, Jeff, is DuckDuckGo. DuckDuckGo is a search engine that's known for not storing your data, not tracking you, which Google certainly does. And so that's kind of DuckDuckGo's big marketing pitch, that they don't track you. Right now, 93% of Iowans use Google. That's a lot. That's a big percentage. (laughs) And 17% use DuckDuckGo. So obviously, that's much, much smaller. However, the national average for DuckDuckGo is 2%. And so that's significantly higher than the national average. So I think we're seeing Iowans perhaps gravitating a little more to alternative platforms than nationally and maybe saying Iowans are a bit more concerned about privacy and censorship than the rest of the country. So I think that's something that kind of stuck with me. Drew Harden, president of Blue Compass. We connected via Zoom on Wednesday, September 1. You can learn more about their business and the survey of Iowans' use of social media by going online to bluecompass.com. Still to come, continued optimism for economic growth and Iowa's increased popularity as a place for wine. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by the Next Generation Leadership Group, preparing family business members for executive-level responsibilities and ownership. For more, go to the Family Business Center tab at AdvanceIowa.com. Support for the Iowa Business Report also comes from Iowa History Journal. The new September-October issue features a story on an Iowa native with a stellar military career, another who was an NFL star, and still another who became a Hollywood legend. Get your copy of Iowa's only popular magazine devoted exclusively to its fascinating history at Fairway, Hy-Vee, and at iowahistoryjournal.com. The Mid-America Business Conditions Index report is released on the first of every month, including this past Wednesday. The report is overseen by Creighton University economist Dr. Ernie Goss. Growth is cooling from July 73.1 
to August is 68.9. So things are cooling on, but it's still a good reading, still strong growth. And the U.S. number manufacturing supply managers also moving lower. Hiring likewise cooled a bit. The August reading was 64.6, down from July's 67.2. So things are cooling down. The overall reading spans range between 0 and 100. So that's still a very good reading for the month. We're down about the U.S. economy and the national economy is down about 3.5% jobs compared to pre-COVID levels. For this month, August is 95.0 from July's record high of 98.7. So that's what we're seeing in the inflation number. Again, cooling a bit, but still inflationary, a lot of inflationary pressures. There was pretty widespread agreement among the supply chain managers that supply chain bottlenecks was the number one challenge, followed by rising input prices, followed by finding and hiring workers, and finally the coronavirus. The biggest challenge by far was the supply chain bottlenecks. That was by more than 50% of the survey indicated that was the biggest challenge for 2021. The outlook is for slower growth in the weeks and months ahead. Still pretty good growth uh, we can live with. Long-term interest rates will be higher. Those aren't likely to increase very much, but certainly going up in the weeks and months ahead as the Federal Reserve pulls back on some of the stimulus. We're talking about short-term interest rates will remain very low until the end of 2022. So that's what we're seeing. Inflation will remain very strong. We're seeing it well, well above, even double what the Federal Reserve intends. The Federal Reserve's goal is 2%. It's going to be at least twice that and up toward 5% for annualized in the weeks and months ahead throughout 2021. In fact, regional employment will not be back to pre-COVID levels until the first quarter of 2022. So we've got a ways to go yet. Things are looking better, but the growth is again slowing with a moderate downturn in inflationary pressures. Now those are the overall numbers. Here in Iowa, the index actually rose in August to 68.2 from 67.9 in July, putting it on par with the overall nine-state number. Dr. Goss says both durable goods and non-durable goods producers in Iowa are expanding at a solid pace, and metal products manufacturing and food producers are experiencing what he termed very healthy growth. Coming up, a Californian brings his love of wine to Iowa. You're listening to the Iowa Business Report. The Iowa Business Report is presented by Advance Iowa. If business succession planning is on your mind, consider a worker co-op. The next free seminar on the topic is scheduled for Thursday, September 16. For more, go to AdvanceIowa.com. Support for the Iowa Business Report also comes from the Iowa Soybean Association, driven to deliver for you and your farm. Join their growing family of more than 12,000 farmer members. Activate your farmer membership today at IASoybeans.com, powered by the Soybean Checkoff. In this week's business profile, we revisit a conversation we shared with you in the spring of last year. Holiday weekends like this are often a time for get-togethers, and increasingly, if adult beverages are served, wine will be among the offerings. Iowa actually has a robust wine industry, 
And among those leading the way is Tassel Ridge Winery in Mahaska County. Robert Worson is the founder and CEO of Tassel Ridge Winery. My interest in wine goes back many years. I've been interested in it since I was about 30. Prior to that, I'd go out to a fancy restaurant. I'd feel obliged to order a bottle of wine just because that seemed to be the appropriate thing to do. And I could never come to grips with the fact that I I could go to the grocery store and buy grapes that tasted really good. But what I was getting in a fancy French restaurant, let's say, was, I can't believe that was ever once a grape. And the disconnect for me was the loss of the sugar. And I just couldn't square that. And I remember doing some things I chuckle about and kind of put my head down that I've done in the past just to try and figure out what that difference was. But I think that what motivated me initially was I had some land that was being used in a corn bean rotation. There were several employees at a Christmas party that I was the host at, and they were all farmers, uh, uh, spouses of my employees. This would have been about 1999 or 2000, along in there. And at that time, crop inputs were significantly higher than what you were going to get by growing the corn or the beans or livestock. Everything looked pretty grim. And these guys were all the next generation coming into their farm operations, family farm operations, and they were trying to figure out what to do to make ends meet. And we started talking about grapes. I knew a little bit about them, but not very much. And my interest, based on that conversation, just grew. And pretty soon I was going to wine association meetings and anything that uh, Iowa State would conduct on grapes. Uh, I'd be right there in the front row, and I was quite interested. We planted our first grapes two years later. And one of the vineyards was uh, the one right here uh, in North Oskaloosa. It was the first vineyard. It was a perfect crop for the location because there are two gas pipelines right underneath the vineyard. And so we couldn't go very deep, but the roots didn't care. So uh, that was just fine. (laughs) We planted um, about three different grape varieties that year. You don't get grapes uh, for about three years. The vine has to grow and set roots down. Even the second year, you might pull grapes off for safety, just so that the energy goes into the root system. It was The pressure was on, what am I going to do with it? Originally, I was going to grow grapes and sell them to the wineries. I started looking at the wineries in Iowa and decided, you know, it might be better if we just started our own winery. And that was... That's uh, quite a leap from, I'm going to grow grapes, to why don't we just start our own winery? Is there some temporary insanity there? Maybe. Uh, I have to <laughs> we can't agree. blame it on drinking the wine because you hadn't made it yet. That's so right. that's... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, um, sometimes I wonder about that whole decision process. But what happened was that I was able to buy a a piece of property right out on Highway 163. We planted vineyards over several years. It wasn't all done at once. The number one difference is that our grapes have significantly higher acidity than temperate climate grapes do, whether they're grown in the three states uh, of the West Coast or in Italy or France or wherever. And that is a function of their origins, really. Our grapes are all called interspecific hybrids. And that means uh, these grapes are usually uh, have a mixed genetic background that includes Vitus riparia. And Vitus riparia, we know, is the ditch grape. 
It's native to North America, all the way from Nova Scotia to Winnipeg and south to Texas, a big triangle. That acidity, we're starting to learn about the uh, genetic uh, traits there. That acidity is also related to what gives the grape variety enormous self-protection capability, self-protection from fungus and so on. And there's only so much in the actual winemaking process that you can do to account for that. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, that is absolutely fair. You can do what's called a malolactic conversion. Some people call it a malolactic fermentation, but it is not a fermentation, really. It's a conversion in which you actually use a bacteria. It's called Enococcus eni, and uh, you introduce that, and that will allow you to reduce the malic acid a bit and you substitute that for lactic acid, you get lactic acid, and the lactic acid is a softer feeling. So it's very desirable in a dry red wine. We just don't do it, though, in white wines at all. Other things we can do in the vineyard are to see that the grapes are exposed to sunlight. So that means a lot of leaf removing, and leaf removing is horribly expensive if you do it by hand. We actually have a machine that will go down both sides of the row and actually blows air through them and just shreds them, but doesn't hurt the fruit. The canopy needs to be open because otherwise the air in there stops moving and now you've got fungus generation. Everything you do will impact something else, so there's systems involved here and we're still trying to get it right. Bob Worson of Tassel Ridge Winery. For more information, go to tasselridge.com. Obviously, the ongoing pandemic has altered their normal schedule for in-person tours and wine-tasting events, but to-go purchases and orders to be shipped are being taken. And that brings us to the close of this week's program. We're back again next week at this same time. In the meantime, you can listen to all or part of today's program by going to totallyiowa.com and clicking on the radio programs link. You'll also find podcasts of full interviews with many of the folks you hear on this program. They're listed as IBR Extras and IBR Business Profiles. And we're also found on all the major podcast distributors, 19 now in all. We welcome your comments. Send them by email to radio at totallyiowa.com. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you have a prosperous week. The Iowa Business Report is a copyrighted production of Totally Iowa Media, which is solely responsible for its content. For more, click on the radio programs button at totallyiowa.com.